Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Lena, what's going on, sir? Not a lot. Am I still here? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry. I thought I was muted for a second. So apparently uh, what's going on is that uh, I've lost control of my own setup. Uh, But outside of that, we're a couple days away from uh, uh, a Super Bowl. And uh, we are uh, excited to uh, kind of see the official season end, and then we roll right into the off season. Obviously, unfortunately for the Cowboys, we have already kind of rolled right into the off season. So uh, we're still talking about the coaching changes and, and how what kind of effect it's going to have on the roster. Do do we need to do a Super Bowl preview? Like, is that something that people want from us is to talk about this upcoming Super Bowl? Or they just rather have more Cowboys. I don't know, stuff? you guys. Actually, why don't you guys respond? Let let Marcus and I know if if you want to do us to do a Super okay. Bowl preview. Uh, hit us up in, in the Twitter mentions. Leave them on the reviews uh, in iTunes or whatever. There you go. Um, uh, but don't you know? Don't don't leave anything without leaving a five star review first, guys. There yeah, you go. But yeah, let us know. We, uh, we'll do a review if you guys want. Uh, I saw this morning on Twitter, one of the big stories was there's a certain media personality that was making the case that uh, Patrick Mahomes was better, or Dak Prescott was better than Patrick Mahomes, and they would rather have Prescott in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw this this morning. I did but not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming you can guess who we're, we're talking about here on a certain Fox network. Uh, and it's just, I, I forget every year how awful this two-week break is between football games. Uh, the, the content that's out there is just... Whew, it, it feels so forced, and I hate it. Um, it always happens. That's coming from you. somebody who likes the force. Yeah, uh, but you know, <laughs> it's a radio row, and you know, it's like you got guys showing up as Andy Reid uh, in that L.A. Rams uniform when he was thirteen. You know, and it's it's just it's it's just it's 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 weirdness. I mean, that's it's it's when all you know we talk about it all the time, like kind of the. Uh, the casual Cowboys fans that show up in the periphery and then you know just kind of show up and, and, and talk about their uh, uh, you know their 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 kind of ESPN branded talking points you know and then they want you to comment sure. on that. I mean the Super Bowl draws those guys and then people that don't even care about football that are just there no, for the spectacle. The so worst. it's 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 all just an insane spectacle at this point and very little has anything to do with football until the kickoff starts. All right, let's go ahead and actually talk about stuff on the football field. I want to talk about the, uh, the Cowboys and some players that are going to benefit from the coaching change uh, slash scheme change in Dallas. Um, let's go ahead and start with a player that we actually mentioned. I believe it was on Tuesday, uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, there's been people out there wondering if the Cowboys would be better off, uh, you know, maybe letting Amari Cooper walk in free agency and then drafting a receiver high, uh, considering how talented this class is. Uh, but you made the point that this scheme is perfectly set up for Cooper to have some success. Um, why do you think he's going to bounce back in a big way uh, next year under Michael McCarthy? Well, if you look at the kind of receivers that have traditionally had success in a West Coast system, right? Uh, they're, I mean, obviously the, the gold standard of all wide receivers, but especially of West Coast wide receivers, is Jerry Rice. Now, Jerry Rice was not 
exceptionally fast. Uh, Jerry Rice was not exceptionally big. Uh, he, he ran, I mean, he ran faster in his pads than a lot of people did. Uh, and he was very fluid. But the thing that made Jerry so good is that Jerry was maybe one of the best route runners in the history of the NFL, if not the best route runner in the history Absolutely, of the NFL. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that skill set, uh, is very similar. And, and I'm certainly not compare, comparing Amari Cooper to Jerry Rice quite yet, but I think, you know, that kind of skill set of being an excellent route runner, having excellent feet, uh, understanding the nuance of route running, that's something where Cooper really excels. And specifically, like we said, I mean, the argument I made specifically last time was that there's a lot of slants in this. You know, everyone talks about slant flat and that, that uh, passing concept where you have a, a, a inside guy go out and an outside guy come in, right? Uh, and then you kind of see uh, th- there's a collision there, and you try to work off of that and see where the, where the defense responds. Uh, I, you know, obviously, I think that we talked about it outside of maybe Odell Beckham Jr. Just simply because he Odell Beckham can take any slant to the house, but it, it, you know, at any given time. Uh, I think Cooper is probably the best uh, slant route runner in the NFL, uh, just because of the way he his feet work, uh, his, his you know his way of setting up uh, defenders, uh, the the threat he poses uh, on defenders as a deep threat, so they have to kind of cover or, or at least allow for the fact that he may get back outside. So, you know, when he does the kind of outside release and then comes back inside in the slant, it's very effective because, you know, corners are very uh, wary of him trying to, you know, get up the field. Uh, and he's a big guy. I think that's another thing that people forget. He's a big receiver and he, he presents a nice target when uh, coming across the field. So, I think that Jer- uh, I think that uh, I almost called him Jerry Rice. I think that Amari Cooper can uh, be a guy that really can step in here, you know, especially with this idea. I mean, clearly they're trying to you know mold these two uh, offenses a little bit. We've seen Cooper have success down the field as a receiver. There's lots of tape of him doing doing that and going down the field. I think now you take advantage of all these uh, uh, corners that are looking for that, uh, and then you, you eat them up with a whole bunch of uh, inside slants. Which you know, to really with Cooper getting the ball in his hands on the move, that's that's pretty dangerous as well. I mean, as, as dangerous getting the ball down the field on a go route. Yeah, he's underrated after the catch. People don't give him a lot of credit for what he can do after the catch. Um, he's actually better than, there than what I think people think. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. If you're looking for a guy that can run slants really well, uh, that can make quick, you know, cuts on three-step drops. I think Amari Cooper's fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm really, really excited to see what he looks like in Mike McCarthy's offense because I think, I think he's a better player than Devontae Adams, and we've seen Adams have some monster seasons in Green Bay. I do too. Would not shock me at all if we see Cooper, assuming he stays healthy for 16 games. You know, look at what fourteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards. I certainly think that's in the realm of possibility. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, look, he is a. Uh, I, I think at this point, you know, his physical uh, ability has not maybe quite matched up to his production at times, and that's saying a lot yeah. because he's produced pretty well for a young wide receiver. So I, I definitely think he's he has the physical ability to be. I don't want to say a 2,000 yard receiver, but like in that kind of, you know, I think if, if he could definitely have one. Yes, he, at, like. he definitely should. As have an one optimized receiver, his his physical skill set and, and ability, he has the ability to do that. I'm not saying that that's something we should go for because that may be too much targeting, but or or even something that he's going to achieve or we should expect him to achieve. But uh, you know, look, this guy is as talented as 
you know, physically and, and otherwise as any wide receiver in the NFL. And that's why I'm really looking forward to see what he can look like in Mike McCarthy's offense. Um, let's take one break. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about some more guys on the offensive side of the ball that could benefit from this Mike McCarthy hiring. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon. Um, I want to stick with the skill position, guys. I want to talk about uh, Blake Jarwin. Um, we kind of had a little talk before the show about what we maybe expect from him this year. Um, I I really think Jarwin is somebody who could thrive in Mike McCarthy's scheme for a couple of different reasons. Um, but the main one to me is because McCarthy's always valued that kind of player, the guy that can get down the field, uh, that can make plays after the catch, that can get open quickly. Um, but you actually had another reason why you think he might have some some more success. Well, I'll let you go ahead and, and start with Jarwin. Well, I mean, I, I just think that Jarwin, I think that Jarwin is definitely a candidate for this. Uh, but I also think that a lot of it has to do not so much with the X's and O's scheming of the coaching staff coming in, but just the fact that Jason Witten will be out of the way. You know, and I think that he's going to get a, a, a lion's share of those, of those snaps. And, you know, I, I think that, so in that sense, I think that he will likely get a, a, a larger share that he's ever had before and an opportunity that he's never had before. But I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, if he's getting, you know, a, a, a more, uh, a heavier shot than he would be in any other system because you know what I'm sure. saying? Like, I don't know that the system exclusively is catering to tight ends. I think it's more that he's been behind a guy that the Cowboys have, more been wanting to focus getting the ball to now that is out of the way and he can be kind of the focus of the tight end receptions this is just kind of off topic but um and it's way way too early to guess anything oh, but we're just going to go ahead and make some assumptions how many tight ends do you think this team is going to keep next year because we've seen in the past uh you know they've had as many as four on the roster would you be shocked to see them have you know only two this year like that that certainly seems possible i think me. it depends on I would not be surprised if they had four or three, but what I would, but but I think li- likely what would, that would mean is instead of having four of like what we consider to be traditional tight ends, like maybe they have two of those guys and then a third guy who's like a pure UH back type, right? Like, well, that that's what I was gonna say. I, I if I had to guess, they'll probably keep three between the fullbacks and tight ends. If I had to, if I had to guess. And maybe oh, one more receiver. I, I, if, if you're talking about fullbacks, I bet it's four between fullbacks and tight ends. You, th- yeah, you really dude, think if so? You, if you, I mean, I could be wrong. 
But if you go back and look at, like, Philbin and, like, McCarthy, Philbin's obsessed with, with using a fullback. And, and so I, I kind of think McCarthy likes using those types of players, too. And, and if you look at... Well, I, I was just going to say that McCarthy's almost always carried six or seven receivers on his roster. So where are they going to cut back? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, that's part of the conversation that we'll have. Maybe they go short at running back. But I, I, I tend to think that... that I would say they're already pretty short at running well, back. Though. They only have well, two. <laughs> I think I think if you go, like I think you're going to need two tight ends and then two guys that are a combination of a UH and fullback. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, this is where I this is where I'm cool with having Noah Brown. We didn't see any you know, I, and, anything. And I'm okay year. with that. You know, like honestly, I, I'm okay with if if you wanted to tell me, hey. We're gonna we're gonna keep Noah Brown and he'll function as a wide receiver U back you know age uh, back yes. type. That's, okay, that's kind of I, I can get on right? board with that. And, and, and I mean, I can. I mean, honestly, how you want to name that is fine. Like if you wanted to draft Hunter Bryant and call him a wide receiver, I don't care. Like I mean, as long as you're actually sure. lining him up on the wing and he is getting an opportunity to, to do some versatile stuff, that's fine. I just think that. There is it's a that's I guess my argument is that it's hard to dis, when you talk about tight ends you know it's like there's a whole position in this offense it seems to me that is kind of like I said the, that eleventh guy on the field whether it's a fullback an H back a, a wing a U uh, uh, another online inline tight end I mean it's like I think that they like to have a uh, one or two guys who can kind of play a variety of those spots. So again, when they put them into the huddle and they break the huddle, defense doesn't know exactly how everything's going to line up until they get to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how what their tight ends look like yeah. because we've seen in the past they've had for the most part it's two guys that can block and catch or just block, and then maybe one guy who's more the designated receiver. I'm going to be interested to see if, if that kind of flips this year or how they decide to treat that tight end position. Um, because, again, we had the conversation about Hunter Bryant and Cole Komet on yesterday's podcast, and I guess I'm just so trained to believe that the Cowboys aren't going to like the Hunter Bryant types, and they're more likely to draft somebody like Cole Komet, who has the traditional size, um, that maybe maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll see them go totally different at that tight end position. That is one of the things I'm really looking forward to see uh, seeing in free agency because I think we'll get an idea there, right? I mentioned it yesterday. If they sign somebody like a Lance Kendricks in free agency, I think that's a yeah. pretty pretty big shift compared to what they've done uh, at the position in the past. Um, another guy, really quickly, I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball is running back Tony Pollard. Um, I, I thought Pollard was fantastic last year as a rookie. Um, I, I went back and looked at some of McCarthy's, uh, you know, his play calling and his personnel usage over the years. Uh, there's been years where McCarthy's used two running backs on the field at the same time quite a bit. Um, and I think it was Skip Pete a couple days ago that mentioned uh, he's excited to, to have Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. I, I think there's certainly an opportunity for Tony Pollard to – uh, maybe double his snaps in year two, and and that would be really really exciting to me. Uh, how do you think Pollard fits in in this McCarthy offense? I think he fits in in a couple of different ways. You know, I think he you know he fits in as uh, a. I think where he's going to see the most snaps is, and I would I would hope is more and more as a secondary a second running back in like a, in a two running back sets. I, I would like to see more yeah. and more of that because there's just so many things you can do, and I think. 
here's here's the thing that really is exciting about Pollard that I, you know kind of got lost after training camp and uh, it became kind of an afterthought after we actually saw him carrying the ball and got excited about that. Tony Pollard's a really smart football player. I mean, I, I think the yeah, I think the is. evidence is there just by the fact that he hadn't played a lot of running back, uh, uh, you know, coming not a ton of snaps at running back coming out of college. He played mostly, if I remember correctly, more sl- sl- slot snaps than he had running back snaps. And yep. he comes into the NFL, and, and I, you know, this is something that you know John Oning and I, other people that were in training camp, witnessed. This guy comes in, and they throw him in a whole bunch of different spots as a rookie. He doesn't seemingly have very many, if any, kind of mental errors. He is no, all over the field no. doing all kinds of different things, running from routes from the slot, taking uh, you know uh, jet sweeps, coming in and, and basically being running back too. So that means he's doing all the things and having to learn the entire running back playbook, and then on top of that, also having to learn his routes as a slot, routes as a you know as a as a jet sweep guy, blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, that he has special teams. Oh, and on top of that as well. well. And, and you know, yeah. seemingly, like, doesn't ever seem to conf- seem confused, you know, and, and, and takes it all, like, in stride completely. Um, I, to me, what that reads like is, well, guess what, buddy? Sophomore season, we're going to dump even more of that stuff on you because you... you Which I'm yeah. perfectly Yeah, and I think that's, what, that's where opportunity comes up is, hey, now he can truly... Now that we know what we've got here, right... Now we can truly work in the offseason on how to exploit Tony Pollard. Because that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of people talking about all of last season, why why can't we use Tony Pollard more? No, 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 no. I mean, they were still trying to feed a, a, a rookie running back plays, uh, you know, and, and I think that it, it, it becomes more and more difficult to kind of find ways to get tricky with him uh Without you know installing that kind of stuff early into the season and training camp, so I think now you know what this kind of player is you've got, and uh, you're going to be able to plan and, and design a lot more interesting things for him this off season. I would also like the Cowboys, and maybe Mark McCarthy will see this that giving Pollard touches is actually a good thing for Zeke. I mean, okay, the the the, the fact of the matter is. Zeke's not going anywhere for a long time. Uh, his, he's under contract for the next three or four years, almost no matter what. Yeah. Giving Pollard 100 touches, 150 touches a season, is only going to help protect your investment on Elliott, right? It's going to keep him fresher at the end of games. It's going to keep him fresher by the end of the season. And it's probably going to help extend his career even more. Uh, I would be trying to find every single way to get Pollard on the field, try to get him 10, 12 touches a game, you can keep Zeke at 16 to 20 or whatever you want to give him, but Pollard's too good of a player to keep off the field. And I, I would just love to see McCarthy try to find ways to to feed him more. Um, actually, it, it helps Prescott because Pollard's one of these guys where you can throw the ball to him three yards down the field and he can very easily turn it into a 27-yard game because he's got that much speed and ability to make you miss. And the thing that actually impressed me the most about Pollard was his contact balance. Yeah. I mean... This was a guy who was, again, a slot receiver who really ran just a lot of screens as a slot receiver and slants. Uh, didn't have a ton of touches in college. And, man, he was good at breaking tackles and bouncing off guys and being able to stay upright and, and make you know another move. It, it, he's just an impressive player uh, that I'm excited to see uh, McCarthy work with. Um, 
Let's go ahead. One more thing on the offense. Uh, you mentioned the offensive line is a group that could actually improve uh, under McCarthy, but somebody else might actually help them improve more. Why don't you go ahead and lay out the case for that one? Uh, well, I, I think that are we talking about on, still on the offensive side? I, I lost track for a second. On, on, the, on the offensive <laughs> yes, line. Yes. Yeah, I think that in general, and this is kind of, again, not so much about an X's and O's thing. Um, though I, I think that there may be some X's and O's element in this too. I think the offensive line uh, is in a position where um, he he they can in general have uh, some more success. Uh, you know, the area that I uh, initially was talking about was I wonder if and this is uh, something that I came up with when John Onan came up with that we kind of were hashing out is I, I think that uh, you know. The offensive line may benefit from not having Mike Wojcik around. I mean, Wojcik is was a very old school coach. Yep. Uh, lots of lots of heavy lifting throughout the week. I, I, and I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I do wonder if all that like lifting, especially with free weights, didn't put a lot of strain on uh, on the on the backs of guys like Tyron Smith and that sort of thing. I, I just wonder in general if a kind of updated weight program um, that is a little bit easier on the uh, backs of these guys might not help with, uh, you know, kind of keeping them on the field or, or, or helping them deal with ongoing back issues. You know, I, I just think that uh, uh, maybe some fresh eyes there may, may, may potentially help. And, and I also think that kind of just going back to a more wide zone based system is, you know, probably more in line with, you know, what their physical abilities are. So uh, I I, 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 I'm excited to see you know on two fronts a, a little bit on my X's and O's but also uh, from the uh, you know the the weight room uh, uh, you know weight program side of things does this maybe a more up to date uh, less old school look at weight training potentially help uh, some of these uh, older aging backs of the offensive line. Yeah, when I first heard the news that Whitecheck wasn't coming back, I did hear from a couple people close to those offensive linemen that they were pretty excited mm. about that because Whitecheck is a very old-school coach who was with Parcells, uh, who was actually with Jimmy Johnson for a while, and they really believe in a lot of that strength training with, with heavy lifting, a lot of squats, uh, a lot of bench press and that kind of stuff. And you just wonder how much that kind of took a toll on some of these bigger offensive linemen. Uh, I'm curious to see what this next uh, off- strength and conditioning coach does. I actually don't know a lot about him. I think that's somebody that we're going to have to read about and maybe try to do some research on. I'm curious to see if he's a little bit more advanced and maybe a little bit more analytical when it comes to uh, some of the strength and conditioning methods. Um, but that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, let's do one guy on the defensive side of the ball that we think is going to be uh, they're going to have the biggest uh, upgrade with this coaching staff. Um, we each actually came up with the same name. Uh, it's Jalen Smith. Lana, why do you think Jalen is set to have a big bounce back year uh, with Mike Nolan? Well, I, I think, first of all, uh, you know, his skill set is such that once we kind of figured out exactly what it was, it really was a case of them trying to ham fist what he does well into that Marinelli defense because um, he no. is an attacker. He is a, uh, a, a high variance player. Uh, I, I think his, what you want Jalen Smith being ultimately 
is someone causing disruption, destroying blocking schemes, attacking ball carriers, moving forward, blitzing, pass rushing. Uh, he can, he's athletic enough that he can drop into zones effectively. But I don't think you want him doing that on a regular basis. You don't want him in man coverage on a regular basis. I think he's very athletic and good enough that when he does it on, you know, uh, when, when he's mixed into doing that, he does it effectively. But I think that effectiveness, uh, you know, kind of drains away the more he does it, right? He, the more he does it, the more he gets exposed there. I think with the, right, you want him coming downhill. Yeah. That's that's really what you want Jalen to do. And actually, we saw a great example of what Jalen probably could be this year in New Orleans with Demario yeah. Davis, because that was basically the exact same role that Jalen should be. Playing. Yeah, and I think that in this kind of scheme where you're you're you know you're going to allow for guys to be able to blitz, I think that you know Jalen could probably move around to different spots depending on how they're aligning. You know, they may they may get some three four looks where Jalen is that is that will backer opposite of, of uh, Demarcus Lawrence, right? Uh, I, I just Love I just it. think there's lots of opportunity to kind of uh, avail yourself of Jalen Smith's uh, uh, skill set a lot better, and that's I think part of the problem last year is that you know you're asking Jalen to do a lot of things that weren't the things he did best, and and with without. And he can do those things. It's just you're kind of taking away what really makes him special. I think that Jalen Smith is a special player coming downhill. You know, I think when he's attacking the line yeah. of scrimmage and, and and used in that manner, he is dangerous and he and and he is hard. He is hard to kind of uh, uh, slow down when he's got a head of steam. I think if you're asking him to play the Leighton Vander Esch role. I think he struggles a little bit. That's just not his game as much as as Layton's is, and you know. I, so I think that any situation that gets these linebackers back, where Jalen is the hammer and 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 Layton is the the broom, he's sweeping up all the 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 the, the, yep. the crap he's that comes up guy. from what Jalen's banging against the wall. I think that's I think that's the best solution for these linebackers, and that's really ultimately it became more difficult this year to do it. But really, ultimately, that that's the way things worked positively the previous year when they both had good seasons. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Jalen's a way more talented version of Demario Davis. Uh, he just needs to be more consistent, and I'm hoping Mike Nolan uh, can get that out of him by putting him in a position, you know, where he doesn't have to uh, always, you know, backpedal and making plays down the field like in a Tampa two defense. Um, Jalen's actually not bad in zone coverage. He's pretty good there. Um, but again, his best football is when he's coming downhill and he's just blowing stuff up and then Leighton's cleaning it all up. So, uh, I will be interested to see, um, how Jalen looks in, in Mike Nolan's defense. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Again, let us give us some reviews about what you want us to do maybe tomorrow, whether you want us to do a Super Bowl preview. Uh, make sure you guys leave some, uh, five star reviews for us as well. Um, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.